Welcome everybody to Creativity Conversations, episode nine. I am with the talented, wonderful, brilliant Steph Sibichowski. And I know, <laughs> you're blushing already. I'm going to read Steph's bio. Uh, I'm a coach, business consultant, trainer, international speaker, and founder of Your Unlimited Potential. He's also a dad and a musician. And Steph shares a simple but powerful understanding of how the mind works and the truth of who we really are. This basic understanding behind human psychological functioning allows people a glimpse of their innate, limitless capacity for creativity, that's our word, productivity, fulfilling relationships, and well-being, often leading to an exponential transformation of quality of life on a business and personal level. So welcome, Steph. Always a delight to chat with you. Yeah, I, I, I am so pleased that you've given me the, this opportunity to, to have a little exploration with you and the, the people that are going to be on the call. It's, it's always... It's always sacred, you know, I love it. And I'm hoping at some point the conversation, and maybe we'll even start with it, who knows, um, will include, besides creativity, creativity, the mind, possibilities, what it means to be in the unknown. So for those of you who haven't been on this call before, my main reason for even creating it was because I got tired of people saying they weren't creative. And I have taken on the mission to disabuse all of us of that notion. So I wanted to actually start out reading a, a little bit of another quote by Mavis Karn, who wrote a, a, something called The Secret. And just a paragraph or so. The secret is that you are already a completely whole, perfect person. You are not damaged goods. You are not incomplete. You are not flawed. You are not unfinished. You do not need remodeling, fixing, polishing, or major rehabilitation. You already have within you everything you need to live a wonderful life. You have common sense, wisdom, genius, creativity, humor, self-esteem. You are pure potential. You are missing nothing. <sighs> Thank you, Mavis. <laughs> what do you think she's talking about there? Or how do you see it? Well, I think what the essence of, of, of Mavis's message there is that, that we're playing a bigger game, you know, than our personal idea of who we are, our collection of uh, psychology and, and conditioning and, and our personal idea of who we are in this world, there is a deeper dimension so many people aren't aware of that is before thought, you know, before our ego, before our idea of ourselves. And what happens is, the way it looks to me very simply, is that we, we're born free, we're born with a free mind, and then over time we have this snowball effect of, of collecting ideas and, and images and of, of, of who we think we are based on what we're told, based on society's cultural conditioning, family's cultural conditioning. And, and we, 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 we have this, this little 
idea of ourselves that is so tiny. We have this little jail of a little prison that we live our life in based on what we think we're capable of, based on a limitation of possibilities of what our potential is. And we, we lovingly create this, this jail, this prison. And sometimes, you know, every now and again, we, we find there's a way to, to do something new that we didn't think we could do, but then we still go back to our, to our little box of limitations and, and live our life from there. And in that little box of limitations is, is this idea that we're not good enough, that we're not worthy, that we're, we don't love ourselves. And, 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 and I think that is true for everybody. I think we all kind of have some aspect of limitation. And what Mavis is saying to me is that that little box of limitation is, is so, so, so far, so, so not who we are really, is that once we begin to understand how our mind works, once we begin to see the box for what it is, then all of a sudden there's a, there might only be a small crack but we see the possibility, we see hope for, oh, actually, you know, I'm not this person that can't talk to businessmen. I'm not this person who can't have a relationship. Or I'm not this person who not able to create, not able to find a way of expressing myself. Because I, I love the John Lennon quote, you know, every child is an artist until somebody tells them they're not. That, that's so simple and it's so true. And that's the, 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 the conditioning right there. So we stop looking. Once we believe our conditioning, we stop looking. And, and when we start looking again, the potential, the possibility for expression, for life to create through us, rather than us having to be the ones to do it from our little box. You know, when I, I, um, I've been a musician since I was about 12 years old, play drums. And, um, I remember the pure joy that I used to have when I started playing. I didn't have a drum kit, so I used to practice on my bed for hours and hours and hours a day. And, and then I eventually got a drum kit and I love that. And then, as time went on, it became my, everywhere else in my life was, I wasn't good enough. But when I came to play the drums, that was the one comfort zone that I had where I didn't have to think about it. I just allowed myself to play. And I think what happened over time is that, you know, eventually I, I kind of did it to earn a living. So all of a sudden there was the pressure of that. And, you know, there was the pressure of, oh, I, I, I have to be so good. Um, I, need to, I need to make sure that every performance is perfect. And, and, and I began, that conditioning then began to impinge on that freedom of mind that I had when I was a kid. So it was interesting. And I love what, what you're saying about teaching people how we are all creative. Because what I saw when I came across this understanding that we talk about is that that 
me, you know, the 12 year old freedom of just expressing myself without any limits, without any, without any insecurity is possible in every area of life. I thought that's just my, that was just my place. You know, I thought that was just my place of comfort. But as I came, as I began to see how I'd been limiting myself in life, there was a crucial, there was a crucial point where I began to see that thought is the creative principle. I began to see that in every single moment of every single day, there is creation happening. Everything from, from this conversation is creation. You know, everything that people on this call might be thinking is creation. It's, it's happening all the time because we are an expression of life and life is just abundant creativity. It's, we can't not create. So I love what you're saying and what it's making me think about. And, and by the way, Steph and I could talk for hours, but we're going to chat for another, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes or so, and then open it up to those of you who are listening on the call. I used to think that uh, long ago I heard this phrase, make your life a work of art. And I thought, oh my God, how pretentious is that? <laughs> like, what does that mean? It just seems preposterous. But if everything is, everything is creative, if we live in a creative world, if every choice that we make is a creative act, that something comes out of nothing, that we combine something new, seeing new possibilities, the way you and I were talking about, then that's actually really possible without all the, um, the drama and the self-consciousness and the I have to do it all myself. Oh, I love that. I love that. So that, that was the one thing that I saw that um, helped me so much. So when, when I, everything that I did, you know, when, when in my adult life, when I had to, to write a, a letter or an email or I had to create a project or create a business and, and, and you know, they, everything seemed like it was on me. You know, and that, that's kind of, you know, of course it is, of course it is. Well, because it was on me, I felt the weight of responsibility. I felt the weight of it meaning something about success or failure. I saw it being uh, an indictment on me as a person, you know. And what changed for me with the understanding of seeing that, that, that we are the energy of life running through us. We are the creative expression of the universe. Then it became clear to me that, that life just wanted to create through me. It wasn't, it was with my collaboration, but there's such freedom in, in so this is, this is how it looked to me, was that before I had, you know, it, it was, I would strangle my creativity. I'd strangle my ideas because I was, I couldn't get started because I was so afraid of, of what would end up 
being creative and it wouldn't be good enough. When I saw how, when I saw how much I, I was capable of strangling that expression and that it's actually life that is whispering to me, that's giving me that inspiration to start something that 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 good feeling that comes with engaging with 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 something and ideas start coming once i saw it was life that was whispering to me then instead of it being all down to me i just got curious about what life wanted and for me there's such a polar difference between my responsibility and just getting curious as to what life wants because when i get curious i've got nothing nothing on it you know when i get curious it, i don't all i have to do is kind of take the first step i don't have to know how it's going to turn out i don't have to have it turn out a certain standard i don't have to be responsible for what happens once it it gets created through me let me ask you a question about that, if you don't mind. No, sure, 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 sure. So let's say you're in a business context and you have a project due, something that you have to, has to be created. Let's say you're not steeped in this understanding that you're sharing. How does one begin to do that? How does one begin to put aside, how is this going to look? Is it going to be well received? Where am I going to come up with the ideas for this? How long is it going to take? How do we separate from that? in your experience so in my experience whatever we create if we're creating it from our intellect if we're creating it from i have to get this out there it has to look a certain way it has to be uh, acceptable to the people that that they're looking at it it comes with a certain flavor you know it comes with a kind of an insecurity it comes with whatever comes from that place comes with a kind of scarcity it comes with a feeling so what i found is that i know i i i know for sure that if i tap into that deeper dimension of myself if i get quiet and I'm prepared to just start. Whatever, whatever comes in that place, just start. Not have any, you know, not, not get waylaid and, and kind of distracted by what I see as being pressure. If I just start from that place and just follow one step after another, after another, this is what I've found is that anything that gets created from that place, whether it's an email, whether it's a book, whether it's a painting, whether it's a project, anything that gets created from that place connects with people. Maybe not everybody, but there's, there's, a, there's a feeling to it that resonates with people at that, in that deeper dimension in them. From that space in them, there is a, there's a quality to it that people resonate with. It's like that space in us is talking to that space in them. That space in us is whatever we've created is waking that space up in them. And I found that to be magical. I found that to be, that, you know, that's you know, art. You know, when people look at a painting and they connect with it, they feel something. 
you can you can talk about the quality, you can talk about the technique, and, but there's a, 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 an indefinable feeling that comes with something when you connect with it, when you connect with the space from the artist, when you connect with the space, when somebody is, you know, putting a business together and there's, 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 a, there's a feeling if it's coming from this space that connects on a deeper level than the intellect. And I've seen that in every area of life. Playing a little bit of the devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. What does it take for, what does it take to do that? To say, oh, well, I'm just going to let it come through. And what happens if nothing comes through and you've got a deadline? So I really am trying to put some uh, yeah. re regular down-to-earth life experience. Yeah. So my experience is if I am under the cosh to create something and there is a time limit, I have a habit of putting it off, procrastinating. I have a habit of, of not, not engaging with not what needs to be done because it feels like my mind is saying, this is a should, this is something you have to do. This is something you need to do, uh, you know, for your for your image's sake, you know, so that so that that people will appreciate you. And, and, and so what I have found for me is that feeling that comes with that, the feeling of pressure, the feeling of worry is an indication that I am not in tune with life i'm not in tune with that energy that wants to come through me so that feeling is 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 a is a warning sign you know it's saying whatever whatever comes out of this is probably not going to be as good as it could be not going to be as impactful as it could be so at that point of that when i when i have that sense of that feeling at some point I can think, you know, sometimes it can go on for a long time and I, you know, I try and I try and nothing happens. But at some point when I see that, that what's happening is it's, I'm making it all about me I'm making it about my responsibility and the weight on my shoulders. Once I see that, then I begin to, to, to fall out of it. I can see the efforting. And I fall out of it. And then that, that question, that curiosity comes in. So what if I just start with the first sentence or the first brushstroke or the first idea? It doesn't have to be relevant. It doesn't have to have, you know, it doesn't have to have a, a beginning, middle and an end. What if I just start with the first sentence? And what happens from that place is I take all the pressure off me. I begin to get really interested in what occurs to me from that space. And just that thing about just starting it. I don't have to finish it. I don't have to, you know, all, all I have to do is start it and just see what comes out. And then that feels like, you know, Talk about breadcrumbs. It's like you go to the first breadcrumb without having any, any idea of what's going to happen after it and without any attachment to it. Just get really curious. And then the first breadcrumb then suggests what the next breadcrumb is going to be. And that's how it feels to me is, is it's an understanding of, 
what pressure is. It's understanding what my ego is and seeing that in terms of creativity, that's what strangles it. There is a place where we can go when we recognize what's happening, that that feeds the creativity instead of strangling it. So what I hear in this, which sounds really cool to me and I think it's true, is that we actually use our, we use what we have, we use our, we use our bodies as a gauge, we, uh, we, which includes our, what thinking is getting in our way, as well as how it feels. And not only the feeling of it, but the, the visceral, that was the word I was going for, the mm. visceral sensation that if I'm all in a tizzy about what appears to be coming out in this moment, that that's a red flag. That I know in my own experience when I'm thinking, oh, I've got to get this done by five o'clock or it's got to look this way, or I don't like the way it looks or feels or sounds right now. I take that thought as permanent. And then I'm, then I really have to stop. Otherwise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, that, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool. I, I think that what I found is that when I'm in a tizzy and it happens a lot, I have to say, when I'm in a tizzy, um, I don't, tend to want to look at my thinking because that kind of just sends me even more down the rabbit hole mm. i shouldn't be thinking that i should be you know doing this and that i should be doing i should yeah i know this stuff you know i should it just it just kind of i make meaning and significance of of the of the of the noise in my head instead of when i get the 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 feeling i don't have to look at my thinking i can like all of it you know i can recognize this horrible like clenching in my stomach and and i recognize that without having to analyze it it's, for me that that's um, that's the that's the the beauty of the design because all those the feelings are just an indication of 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 whether we're using our thinking productively or not whether we're misusing the gift of thought or not. I was having a conversation with someone the other day about drama and how we all get caught up in our own, as our own dramas as well as what's going on in the world. But it's as though drama is a drug. And when that is, when we're high from that, it definitely is an interesting experience disengaging from it because so much of our lives are run around drama whether we see it on television or in the media, what's going on in the world. And it's so, for myself, so takes me out of where I really want to be, which is in that flow of, yeah. I'm not in the way of something that wants to come through me. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like an addiction, isn't it? It's like an addiction. Um, and there's, that's where the misunderstanding is, isn't it? Because the... The, the drama is created with the significance we give to the feeling. We think that it's something to do with what's happening outside of us. We think it's important and meaningful and we have to respond to it. We have to take action. And, and that is just not true. Yeah. That feeling is always, always, always being created via thought. The principle of thought believed in the moment. Quite a magic trick. Yeah. I'm going to open up the 
conversation to whoever would like to speak. And although I didn't make one for you, if you go down to raise your blue digital hand, we'll get you on. <laughs> oh, shy. Yes, well, it's, it's early yet. I think the other thing that just occurred to me was... Um, it seems to me the difference between when, when I'm trying to create something from that, from my intellect and from my ideas of, of what should happen and, and what it needs to happen in a certain time, then that, in that space, I am not necessarily available to the moment. Mm. And it seems to me when we, when we recognize that that's happening, we, we kind of fall back into the moment and what, what that moment needs. And I think that is the most resourceful, creative space. That's why things come so much easier in that space, in that moment, because there's nothing in the way. There's no second guessing. There's just whatever wants to come through with no inhibiting it, just the next breadcrumb. Do you think this is a cultivated, a cultivated response to life, this, this approach that you're suggesting? I mean, does it, is, it, is it something that takes a lot of practice to be able to fall back into that space of, uh, you know, hands off? I don't know, but I think that how it looks to me is that that space is, um, is the natural space. Mm. That's the space where that life is, is always trying to bring us back to. Not it's, you know, we talk about normal versus natural and, and, and normal, you know, our lives tends to be overthinking a lot, tends to be about trying to react to stuff from the outside all the time. So we're constantly trying to figure stuff out, constantly trying to work out what happened and what's going to happen in the future. And, and, and there's a, we're designed for this moment. We're designed to be absolutely genius, brilliant in this moment. We're not designed to live in the future or, or, or analyze the past. Those don't exist. We are designed to be perfectly creative, resilient and powerful in this moment that's natural so i think to answer your question i think the more that we experience this and everybody everybody experiences it they just don't really know what it is you know everybody has perfect moments of being everybody understands what it's like to be at some point quiet and still and reflective and open to what comes to us i think it it's and, and believe me i don't spend my life there you know i i just kind of uh, i just kind of see it more often catch myself more often what about accountants and lawyers and engineers is this actually true for them too mm. <laughs> it sounds like that was a setup because i work with a guy um who is a, an ex-financial advisor and accountant and his whole he 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 
he shares the principles and his whole tribe, his whole community are all people from that field. And we did, um, we did a, a retreat towards the end of last year, I think it was. And we did exercises. We did, um, we did exercises where they, they could see how they had been conditioned to approach their clients in a certain way. They'd been conditioned to respond to what the clients wanted in a certain way. And it was, it was all heavily intellectual. And you know what? Pretty much, I don't know, probably 80% of, of them really didn't enjoy their work. And there was something about, this is, this is the truth, on the last day, Something about the conversation that, that really went deep with a lot of them. One, one guy in particular said, my work will never be the same again. He said, he said I am sitting here. He was in tears. He was a huge guy in tears. And he said, I, I just love everybody here. I love being of service to my clients. I just didn't realize that this place existed and it was possible to connect to people from this space. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. He was about six foot four. <laughs> he, was, he was huge and, and he just dissolved. He just dissolved. He found that place in that moment. And everybody in the room knew exactly what he was talking about. Golly, that is gorgeous. Mm. We've got a couple questions here. Let's go to mm. Janet. Hi, Janet. Hi, Nina. Hi, Steph. Hey, Janet. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. It's good to see you. I know. It's so funny that you mentioned accountants then. So I just, that I'm an, obviously actually an accountant by training. And if for the last four years, one of the jobs that I've done is to write exams. And they're ridiculously technical. I mean, really crazy techie. But they're also kind of set in a real life scenario. And I started doing it before I'd come across this understanding and somehow managed to do it, even though I don't write, even though, like, you know, it's just not a natural thing for me to do. And yet, even without knowing these, the principles, because they're always working anyway, I'd have those moments of, going for walks and going, ah, oh, that would be a good thing to do. So there's this like really amazing blend of, yes, I've got massive intellectual technical knowledge, but the ideas come from somewhere else. And now I can make sense of it. Yeah. And, and making sense of it and understanding it almost makes it easier. What you were saying about practice. So there are elements that I practice and sometimes I know to go and read techie books to get ideas. Mm -hmm. So I'm still doing something, but it, it's just coming mm. to me. So yeah, it's, uh, it's really fascinating because I so, think I'm not creative. <laughs> so what, 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 what do you do to fall into that space? What do you fall? How, how do you, how do you recognize it? Yeah. I suppose I recognize when I'm not there with that particular thing. Yeah. So it it would almost be like a writer's block. I mm -hmm. I know I've got to get I've got to get another 20 marks done. I've got to come up with an answer that's 20 marks. Yeah, you know, it's very there's a set structure and a set syllabus. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. And then 
and and I kind of used to do it before, but now it, it's become more obvious. Mm. Uh, that's not going to help you. And that, so there is in that sense, there is that awakening and a bit like Nina was saying, do you need to practice it? Yeah. Um, and then naturally I will just do something different and then come back to it. And it might be a walk. I, yeah, it's not, it, often it's a walk for me. It would be a good mm. thing, but yeah. So you're, you're, you, you understand that that feeling of trying to dig into it and oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. Yeah. Okay, at some point you see yourself doing that or you feel yourself doing that and then you take your hands off the, yeah. off the steering wheel and, and it's cool, isn't it? Yeah. And it it's might cool. be I then go and read an article. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it might, it's not that it yeah. all comes, but that initial taking the hands off and then, oh, I know. That would be a good, or ask, you know, some other inspiration. So. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. That's yeah. a really, that's a really good example. Yeah, it is cool. And, yeah. and I'm now creative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay. You were always creative. You just didn't know it. Exactly, Nina. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. And do you love what you do more, Janet? Yeah. I do actually. I mean, there's still like, you know, I, I love coaching and I'm kind of loving the blend, mm. but when I'm actually teaching and when I'm doing my exams, when I'm writing exams, actually there are bits of it I blooming hate, but I'm fine with that. It's just one of those annoying kind of things. And then you get to the end and you're like, Oh, okay. So it's, it's not, mm. it's life, isn't it? Who would sit? I don't sit in a blissed out state any day, but yeah. 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 Perfect. Thank you. Bless you. So good to see you. Thank you. Let's go to Martin. Hey, Martin. Hello, Martin. Hi, Steph. Can can you hear me this week? Yes, perfect. (laughs) Uh, I can hear you. Thank God. Last week, I, I caused all sorts of problems on this call because I was at a at my restaurant working and <laughs> didn't have the internet connection, but I'm glad you could hear me now. Yeah. And Steph, I love that you mentioned uh, John Lennon. You could kind of see uh, I'm a... Ah, a... that's... There you go. That's a synchronicity. <laughs> yeah, very big. Me and Nina talked about that a lot on a, a previous call, so uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought him up. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I wanted to ask was something I actually had a conversation about yesterday was when you catch yourself kind of thinking about you're, you're somewhere else. So you're not in the present. So maybe you're thinking about, uh, you know, what you're having for dinner or uh, that's at least me. I'm always thinking about food. So um, <laughs> how and when you catch yourself, what I heard yesterday was that you don't have to do anything from there and that you're like just being aware of that is kind of enough because my impression was, Oh wow. I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. Let me get back. How do I get back to the present? And now, now all these questions are coming up and I was thinking there was so much work to do. And, and since yesterday I found out that once you catch yourself, you're kind of, you're back. And I, I just wanted to hear your, your thoughts on that. Yeah. It is a really good question, actually. Um, you know, I, I, if if you've been around this community for a while, there's one thing that, that you hear quite a lot that's really annoying <laughs> is when people say, there's nothing to do. <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> uh, but what I think what the, the, what's interesting is 
The way that Sid Banks would talk about it is that once you see thought, once you see what you're doing to yourself, once you see how you're distracting yourself and creating this this moment that 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 is maybe not helpful the word seeing is 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 huge because he, he used to say what it's, it's it's not seeing but seeing and what what that means is that there's a there's a recognition on a deeper level what's going on and 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 lots of people describe it in different ways but it's like sid banks would say when you see what's happening you fall out of your you fall out of your your kind of intellectual mind you fall out of the future thinking you fall out of the 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 distraction and and because what i was saying earlier was your mind is always always bringing you home it's it's our natural place this present moment is the only moment there is so once once you just get a glimpse of what your mind is doing it it, it has this built-in mechanism where it does quiet down and that's why they say that this is an understanding because once you understand that's how it works you don't have to play with it you know you don't have like i was saying earlier for me sometimes i can see i'm seeing what i'm thinking and then i kind of add more thinking to it you know think well i should know better than that what's that mean about me you know and and that just takes me further away from home when i can just see it and then leave it oh yeah that's what i'm doing we naturally naturally come back into balance so that's what the not doing anything about it is because if you see it and then you think you have to do something about it, then you're adding more thinking. To mm-hmm. it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I, that was exactly what I was doing is starting to think about it and be like, Oh, now I have to go do something about this. And then yeah. now I just kind of snowballed. Yeah. And now, yeah, now it's just uh, control. Even- you're, you're kind of on some, we're, we're on some kind of psychic connection here. Cause just as you were talking, I was thinking of a snow globe, you know, the snow globe, <laughs> So, so when we shake it up with our thinking, there you go, there you go. When we shake it up with our thinking and then we start thinking about our thinking, we shake it up even more. So the, the idea is to just kind of, oh, that's what it is, leave it alone. When you leave it alone, it just, it just great question. Lovely. Thank yeah, thank you so much. Oh, bless you, Martin. There's a, a quote that I love, and I don't know how long ago I heard it, but it goes something along the lines of that which you are seeking is also seeking you. And it seems to me that that quote is something to do with a part of the design of how we're made. Because when we do see, when we do notice, it's because something in us is, you know, tapping us on our shoulder. And it's a response. It's a response to stepping away from our overthinking or our over-intellectualizing and, and giving us that reminder of just being. We already have everything that we need. It's just a matter of just settling down for a minute and noticing that it's there. So that, in a way, is my replacement word for uh, practice just noticing just seeing it i i love that i and i probably bore a lot of people but to me i love the word noticing because 
noticing feels like a, an everyday practical thing, but noticing in this context is like all of a sudden you see yourself thinking and you get a perspective on it. You know, you're not lost in it. You're not in it. You get a perspective on it. So, so noticing, though it sounds really, you know, sort of natural and normal and, and, and regular and everyday, it's actually a shift in consciousness. What you saw, Martin, when you saw yourself thinking was a shift in consciousness. And that's really cool. And, and, and going forward, you know, we have a shift in consciousness. Once we see something, we can't unsee it. You know, our consciousness has kind of just expanded just a little bit and it opens up. Yeah, it, it, it kind of allows for so much more. I don't think of the word I'm trying to think of, but it, it, it's, it, it gets easier, you know. Things just get lighter, things flow more. That's kind of it has been for me is, is my experience with, with the principles is just I take everything so much more lightly. If we knew in those moments that we get really stuck, that we already have everything we need, and, and the more we do know that, it seems, the, the easier it is to step back. And you know, the other thing that strikes me is that when, when, when I'm in the middle of a tizzy, and I realize I'm in the middle of a tizzy, I don't always know that the next, once I notice and I'm stepping away, is the next thing I do is perfect. Whether it's get a glass of water, read a book, take a nap, yeah walk around my room, get up from the table and away from the computer. It's the exact perfect thing. So, so many times I've heard people say, well, I can't, I can't, I have to finish this. I can't, I, you know, mm -hmm. I've got to get this done. And yet how do we know that getting up, moving, isn't going to ex make space for a new idea to come through something that we've wanted to do? Like didn't Einstein take naps a lot? Yeah. I, I love that. And, and that, what that suggests to me is that that's, that as well is the, you know, the, the kindness of the design, the beauty of the design is that what happens when we fall into that place is that our intuition, our wisdom, our guidance system is, is, is bubbling up all the time. It's always there. And then, so if it occurs to us to get up and have a glass of water or go and have a walk like Janet did or whatever, that, that, when you say it's always perfect, that, that is why, because it's the, it's life guiding us to do what we need to do next. That's the next breakthrough, you know, to allow us to be open. I, I love that. I love that. And it's, you know, I just know for myself, sometimes when I get up and I think, I don't know what to do right now, but something is moving me somewhere. So I don't have to know in here yeah. intellectually what it is. Yeah. Just that sheer act of moving differently, being differently, yeah. going yeah. somewhere else, doing something else. It's yeah. already, it's already built in. And that's pretty mindful. Yeah, and that 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 curiosity about oh, it seems I'm going to be going for a walk now. I wonder what that's about. You know, there's a feeling for me of if I'm being animated by life, if if the spark of life within us is what animates us, is what breathes us, is what what 
beats our heart. It makes total sense that, that we get when we're in tune with life, it, it, it moves us. It's what the moment needs. Even when we don't think it is, it is. <laughs> That's what's so mind-blowing. Yeah. It's yeah. just my mind is a filter thinking, well, this can't be what I need. I'm supposed to be doing this. Yeah. There's actually something else going on, bigger, as you were saying in the earlier yeah. part of the conversation. There's a bigger game being played. Yeah. I just read something uh, this morning, a poem by Mary Oliver, and she said, we stand in conversation with worlds larger than our own. Boy. Boy. We are getting close to the top of the hour. So last call for questions. Comments. So I was just thinking about um, that aspect of, you know, when we create from that place, it wakes up that place in other people. There's, there's a, something that Elizabeth Gilbert said as part of a TED talk that was interesting to me is that she was saying, you know, in parts of Spain where they have flamenco dancing and, and bullfighting, you know, the, the crowd, when something good happens, will say ole. And she was saying that the origins of that go back to the Middle Ages. And Ole is actually a, a, you know, a kind of mispronunciation, mispronunciation of Allah. And that, 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 that moment when whatever is being created, there is a recognition in the audience of God in that creation, in that performance. That is why there's a spontaneous spontaneous outpouring of recognition of that and that that seems really powerful to me is recognizing god in whatever we're creating it has an effect that goes far beyond just communication it reminds us who we are and we need that more than ever these days we do so here we are at the top of the hour steph where can people find you find more of you more of what you're doing. Okay, so I have a Facebook page, a Facebook group called um, Your Deepest Potential, where there's lots of videos and stuff on there. But if people want to email me, um, my email address is, it's a long one, is Steph, S-T-E-F, at yourunlimitedpotential.co.uk. I'd love to hear from, from anybody on the call. It would be beautiful to have a conversation. I'd love that. Good. And so take him up on it. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Thank you. Thank so you, much. everyone. Thank you. Love so you. good to see you, all you beautiful people. I love you. Thank you. <laughs>